Hello, everybody, and a very big welcome from me, Beth Wearsdale, author. This is The Witty Writer Show, and today I have with me the amazing Glenn Dahlgren. Hello, Glenn. Hi. It's wonderful oh, to be here. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled to have you, Glenn, because um, I'm a bit excited right now because I'm actually listening to your, your first audio book, which we will talk about soon because it's absolutely amazing but welcome everybody and we are live on two places on facebook today we're live on my author page and also our write better author smarter group um which i recently found out i could do which is quite nifty <laughs> um, and we're also live on youtube but welcome glenn oh my god what a journey you've well, been I, I i just want to say um so th this is my third book, and each time I have come on your show and we've done an interview, you are my first call. I absolutely want to come and talk to you. I have a blast, and I wouldn't miss it. So thank you very much for having me back. Oh, Glenn, I'm so thrilled. And I have to say, I I've been so looking forward to this, not just because your books are absolutely amazing, um, but also because I haven't done a show for a little while. So, so you're so honored. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Um, I have been super busy, so apologies to all our viewers because I have been very busy. But, I mean, how could I not make an exception for you, Glenn? I mean, wow, the journey that you have been on is absolutely amazing. It really, really is. Oh, we've got people coming on already. Hello, everybody. Um, let's have a look. Oh, we've got somebody that is on Facebook. We can't see their name, but they say, that's sweet. Thank you very much, Lee. Um, you've gone, you've literally written three books in, in, it feels like quite a short space of time. Your creative juices must have been flowing nonstop since the first time that we actually connected. Yeah. My first book took me 20 years. And so compared to that, I am off to the races. Um, every book since then has taken me a year and I'm trying to keep to that schedule. Um, I, I am not the kind of author that can pump out a book a month or multiple books a month. I just, I, I don't even understand how that's possible and you know, more power to the authors that can do that. But I just, I cannot, the ideas, I, I don't even know what the book is until maybe halfway through. And yeah. then I start, you know, all the ideas have been marinating. All the characters have been talking to me. The themes have been presenting themselves. And I sort of, and, and even the world has been, has been, you know, makes itself known to me. So, yeah, the book is, is very different. Even though I have done all of the, um, the outlining, you know, I know what the book is supposed to be. And yet I, I don't until I get to the end. And, yeah. uh, and, and, it's, and it takes me a year to do that, plus all of the other stuff associated with it. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the audiobooks, but I do my own audiobooks. I, I perform them myself. And that plus editing them is a huge time sink. I'm still editing the audiobook for uh, House of Prophecy. I'm only on chapter 20, I think, out of 32. Wow. And so I'm not going to hit launch, unfortunately. I feel really bad about that. But I'll, do, I'll be there shortly after launch. I'll get that audiobook out. Well, can I just say, you, I'm so blown away by your audiobooks. I mean, I'm listening to book one right now and it's amazing. I, I, I'm so impressed, not only by the amount of voices that you do and you keep up with them, because uh, I've got memory like a sieve, as everyone who's watching knows. Um, 
but the the expression and and the the feeling that you put into your audiobooks the special effects that you put in I am so impressed right now. I'm like your biggest fan, honestly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was really nervous um, before my first audiobook. I was actually kind of convinced. You know, people told me, don't do it if you don't think you're up to it because you don't want someone's first experience with your book to be bad. Yeah. And so I was really skeptical. But the thing is, I did um, voice direction for my, my video games. So like Wheel of Time and you know Deathgate and all of those. And I actually did voices for those games. I acted in those games, but I was so nervous about my own voice that I gave myself bit parts. And the only one that I have a really big role in is Deathgate where I was Sangdrax the Dragon. And the only reason that I gave myself that part was because I could modify my voice. So it sounded sort of more deep and more cool. Um, and so but that said, I actually went on um, Amazon, I went on uh, Audible, um, and I, I got people to, um, to audition for my book. Yeah. And so I got about three or four of them that I really liked, but I listened to them and I'm like, I could do that. I know I could do that. And so I did uh, my own audition, my own version of the audition. And I went to about, I don't know, four or five people who I know online and they know me and I trust their opinion but they've never heard me before. You know, we've never actually had a conversation. So I sent them all the auditions and I said, tell me who your favorite is. And um, on all of them, I either tied or was their favorite. And I, I kind of get it. I mean, and I don't think it says anything bad about the quality of the other people that, that I was competing against. But I understand the material better than anybody else. Of course I do. I wrote it. I know the intentions of those characters. I know what I'm trying to communicate. And so, yeah, they're not going to hit, they're not going to get the emphasis on the, the words that I would get. Um, and surprisingly, you know, that I did with no editing. I just read the, the audition because I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Um, once I signed up for it, I didn't realize the hell I was signing myself up for it. Um, but I'm a perfectionist when it comes to this stuff. I mean, so you listen to the audio and you've, you've heard uh, so far, it sounds like I just don't screw up, right? I'm perfect. You know, I don't, I don't mess up. The truth is I am not like that at all. And in fact, um, I will probably record two or three takes of every line, especially dialogue. And so I have to go in and manually cut together all of that dialogue, cut, you know, get rid of all the takes I didn't like. And so the end result sounds like, Oh, I just sat down and I read it and it, and I was perfect. Didn't flood a line. But man, it takes me probably, I don't, I want to say like five hours to do one hour of, of actual finished work. And that's just the editing time. That's amazing. I'll tell you, people have got no idea. What's interesting though, and I don't know whether you, do you do TikTok? I don't, I need to. Everyone tells me I should. And yeah, it's not I absolutely easy. should. It's not easy. Once you get the hang of it, it's great. But my point is, there are some people who, who, have um accounts on there that actually are, are professional audiobook recorders audiobook artists mm -hmm. and it's really interesting actually physically watching them do it because they it just confirms exactly what you said they'll read a line and they go oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, I i mean i i do that all the time and my, my thing is i need to have a breath that that will last me through the entire sentence 
And some of those sentences are really long. So sometimes it takes me like five takes to get all the way to the end when I'm not running out of breath. And you'll hear me and then dive into a line. <laughs> um, and so, someone suggested actually that I record myself doing a, a recording session. And I did that. So in one of the chapters of my new book, I have a movie and I'm thinking about cutting it together to show this is what the raw material looks like. This is what editing looks like. And this is what the final result is because it is night and day. Well, listen, if you do decide to do that, then you definitely want to get yourself a TikTok account because there, there are so many people out there who, who you know, are struggling authors who ha don't have, um, you know, lots of money because I don't, <laughs> um, who would appreciate, you know, that sort of knowledge and seeing that, you know, you don't have to do it right first time. You do make mistakes. You do have to do a lot of editing and it will open people's eyes a little bit more. We've got people commenting, so I'm going to put them on and, and, and this is lovely. If you do want to say hello to Glenn, please put your comments in here um, and we will put them on for you. And before I forget, I just want to tell everybody who's watching, um, if you do share this live interview um, on any social media and tag me, um, you'll get the chance to win a full set of Glenn's amazing books. Um, they are fantastic audio books, audio books, and, and the value is just under $75. So it's a big price. So you can share as many times as you like, making sure you tag me. And the more you share and the more you tag me in your shares, the more entries you will receive. So share on your book groups, your book pages, any groups that you're in um across the board social media everywhere um because i think i'm everywhere now <laughs> i think in most places uh so just make sure you tag me and you get a chance to win three amazing audiobooks worth nearly 75 pounds okay we've got and, and we will and we'll do the drawing at the end of september right? at the end of september correct because i want to give everybody plenty of time to enter so yeah you've got between now and the end of september and glenn and i will pick a winner um, now we've got a Facebook user who says, good evening. Hello there. I don't know who you are, but welcome, welcome, welcome. It, it could be somebody in the UK. I'm guessing it's not local because it's no. afternoon here. I know, right? Even <laughs> Sometimes it feels later than it is. Um, my daughter has joined in. Hello, darling. Um, she says, do writing books make it easier to create games and vice versa, or do they overlap in any way? Wow, that, that's a big question. Um, it is a big question. Well done, Boo. So I would say that um, the, the kinds of games that, that I'm attracted to designing are about storytelling. I mean, story is kind of necessary for a game, if for nothing else than to provide context as to yeah. what the, the player is doing. Because otherwise, it's, you know, a card game or something like that. You know, and even the card game has little you know, characters on the card. So, um, so I was born into a world of kind of adventure games and the adventure games that I designed, um, some of we, we, my company legend entertainment sort of moved into the direction of working with established authors like Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, um, uh, um, Robert Jordan and uh, Pierce Anthony, you know, a lot of, a lot of really big, you know, we went after them because they had a following. Yeah. And so I got to play in their worlds and tell stories in their worlds, you know, rejiggering characters. And and I would say telling a story to a player is actually much different, much more difficult than just telling a story because you want the player to have agency in your story. And free the will. More, and 
And I would say what I really, as a storyteller, it's actually, even though that's really satisfying, giving, you can do, you can create emotions in players that you can't as a, an author, specifically emotions that have to do with the player's actions, like guilt. You can't make a, a play or a reader feel guilty because they're reading a book about a, another character, but you can make them feel guilty about something they do inside of a game. And that's real power is being able yeah. to affect your players emotionally. But that's that. if your player is actively working against your story, then he's not helping you. And what you want to do is tell an effective story, a compelling story. And the more agency you give the player, the more it becomes freeform. You know, they're creating their own story. And a lot of game designers love to create experiences like that. And I do too, but I also really, really like to tell very focused stories. And so the end result of that is removing the player from the equation and creating books. Gotcha. And so I would say that it's a different tool set that it's, it's a tool set that shares a lot of components with game design, but they are two different activities. I love both of them for different reasons. Yeah. And I would say I'm having a lot of fun um, letting people kind of come on the ride of my stories rather than actively making choices in these books. And so, and, and you can do more like that because you can, you can really delve into who a character is, not who the player is. Because the, 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 uh, the more you define a character in a game, the less the player is going to identify with them. And so in the book, you like, I know exactly who this person is. I know what their backstory is. I know why they're acting the way they are. And we're revealing those things over time to the reader. And that's very powerful. And I like, I like that. That's, that's in, so interesting. That really, really is. Because I never... I never even thought about it in that way, especially on the gaming side. That's just that's just absolutely amazing. Um, Abby says, seeing the raw footage would be very interesting if you're doing the audio book. And she also says, I never thought about emotions in that way. And, got, and Abby's a big gamer, by the way. Mm. Sometimes she's like yeah. a recluse when she's on a roll. <laughs> she's uh, a big one one thing I wanted to mention about, uh, if anybody out there is an author and they're thinking about doing audiobooks, um, they should go to my website, which is mysterium.blog. And after I did my first audiobook, I wrote up a blog uh, post that talks about everything that went wrong and uh, how, to, how to recover from all of that. And actually, I do that a lot. If you're interested in my, my game design background, I have a lot of those articles on mysterium.blog that talk about the disaster that every game is. Even the big hits that I, yeah. that I worked on, they're all disasters at one point or another. And it's just about how you deal with those. And, and honestly, that's, that becomes the, the, uh, the most entertaining reading, is reading about disasters and, yeah. and what happens after that. So, um, so go there. You can, it talks a lot about my author journey, and it talks about all the, the stuff that I've, that I've been up against. Um, but specifically, it talks about audiobooks. I had no experience. I had no no hardware. I had no, you know, I had nothing. I was at square zero. And so I had to figure out how it all worked. And I did. And if I did it, anybody can do it. That's just amazing. And I believe your website link and all your social media links are attached um, to this live interview. So just click on the details, everybody, and you will find all of Glenn's information there, including his website as well. Um, but I, I think it's absolutely amazing that you're, you're so willing to, to help other people, Glenn. And it's one of those things, isn't it? Every failure is one step to a success. And it's the people who keep going and, and 
try again and try try again try again those are the people who succeed because they don't give up and and your your success it, it, it can take you 20 years but don't give up well to be fair to be fair i mean it did take you 20 years to do exactly however exactly. however you was full-time in the gaming scene right. at the same time so so you know i think you should kick yourself some slack <laughs> I learned a lot in those 20 years and you know that's why I, I can't write a book in under a year I mean I, I I thought about the the world a lot in those 20 yeah. years and and honestly I think that's probably one of the stars that people are attracted to they really like the world and uh, and unfortunately I I won't give any spoilers away because I know you're still working on it but in the end of book one I kind of blow up the world um, but and I had to figure out I was like what do I do now that I've blown up the world I was kind of always thinking of it as a one shot. Um, and so I decided to dodge the question and I, so I, I'll just, I'll show them right now. So this is the first book that I released after 20 years, it's called The Child of Chaos. And so I dodged the question of what happens after by writing this book, which is The Game of War, which is a prequel. So I said, you know what? I like the world before I blew it up. So I'm going to go and, and write, write a story in there. But it, it wasn't just that. The reason that I wrote this book was because um, Dantes, have you met Dantes yet? Um, Dantes is a priest of war, and I, it kind of always nagged at me, why is this priest helping our main character, Galen? Because Galen is all about chaos, and he's a priest of order in one of the many temples of order. Why is he helping him? It kind of makes sense that he is because he's, they've got a common enemy. But who are these people and what, what's driving them? I kind of get Galen, but I'm not sure if I really understand Dantes. So that is about Dantes. But it also established a lot of the thinking that I was doing about moving into the new book. And so I finally bit the bullet and wrote the sequel to Child of Chaos. And the world absolutely is different, but in a really interesting way. And it deals with specifically, it was almost when I started writing this book, I realized how diametrically opposed their philosophies are, that Dantes and Galen, and what's what needs to happen with them. There has to be... A conflict. There has to be a resolution of this of this issue, and that happens. And it's a big part of this book. That's just amazing. Well, we've got people admiring your covers right now. Um, oh, there we go. Suri says fascinating stuff, and she says she loves the titles and covers. Now, as your covers are so gorgeous, and as you are now a professional audiobook narrator and artist. <laughs> Um, I was going to read out your blurb on the back of your books. Okay. But I think you should do it. Because <laughs> I love I love hearing you read. I really okay. Uh, so, all right. Let, let's start with um, Child of Chaos. All um, right. So that's the first one that you release. And I have to tell everybody, because it's so impressive, it's already won the reader's favorite gold medalist for YA epic fantasy, which is a massive achievement. Look at that. It's actually a real medal. I mean, I, that's metal. I know. I know. They that's don't pretty amazing. It. It's beautiful. And I'm not sure quite how, how to pronounce this, but Incepir? Oh, Incepires? Incepir? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure anyway. either. They also awarded you um, an award for YA Fantasy second place. Yes, that is phenomenal. Well, thank you. I appreciate phenomenal. that. Phenomenal. Right. There are actually some others that I didn't that I didn't mention um, because I, I think if I overwhelm people with awards, then it, it's just a, you know it loses some of its meaning. So, well, I'm really the most proud so far of that gold medal. Um, that 
that blew me away. It's almost like um, really early on, even before I released the book, um, I got you know Piers Anthony to give me a review, and you know it went right to the the cover. Which um, is amazing. And I just, I, I, my jaw dropped. I mean, for like a week, I couldn't speak because I was just so overwhelmed. And I kind of felt the same way when I got that gold medal from Reader's Favorite. I and mean, that's, that's just awesome. You can't, you know, in your category, you can't get better than that. That's, that's what you do. And so um, that made me feel like, okay, maybe I'm producing stuff that people want to read. You know, I, it gave me a little bit of confidence that I'm sort of on the right track. I think all of us have a, a quite a dose of imposter syndrome when we first start out, don't we? Sure. I think we all have that. Um, but, I mean, awards like that and, and reviews from such such a famous author, I mean, it's so validating. And, uh, you know, and I know you don't like to blow your own trumpet, but, wow, I mean, it's, uh, it's so... I, I don't have any problem blowing my own trumpet. I mean, self you know, an indie author, that's all they've got is yeah. self-promotion. <laughs> So I am I am trying really hard not to be modest. I'll get it out there. You listen, I will tell you. And actually, here's I, I just went with my family to Seattle this summer because um, uh, so the Game of War was up for an award um, for the uh, the um, Dante Rossetti. Actually, it was up for the Ozma's Fantasy Award. And what was really interesting, it was the day before. So I went to go visit my father, too. He lives in the Seattle area. And I was staying right close to him. Um, and we were preparing to go to the conference where they were going to be doing the awards banquet. And they didn't tell me if I was going to win or not. I mean, I, I was kind of going on the hopes that maybe I would. But the day I was there, right before I went, I refreshed the list. And I had disappeared from the list from the Osmos. And I like freaked out. I'm like, I came all the way here. I brought my family to come see this. And suddenly I have been canceled. They just removed me. Is there some kind of scandal I don't know about? What's oh, going no. on? And so I wrote to him. I wrote to my contact at the conference. And for half an hour, I'm just freaking out. I just have no idea what's happening. And finally, he writes back to me and he says, oh, we moved your category. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, you pay for your category and that's where you go. And I and I and so they moved me into the YA category, um, the you know, fantasy subsection of the YA category. Gotcha. And so I thought, OK, so I did all the calculus in my head about why would they do a thing like that? And I realized they wouldn't move me if I wasn't going to win. You know, that, so uh -huh. for some reason, they wanted to put me in a place where they thought I would win. And so I went in, you know, fingers crossed. And in fact, I did. I won the. The Dante Rossetti uh, YA Fantasy Award, and which was really pretty cool. Not only because I got to win that award, but I had my family there in the the banquet. I actually snuck my kids in. They didn't. Well, I couldn't buy a ticket for everybody. I could only buy one additional ticket, so I snuck them in. You know, they knew I was doing it. I asked them if I could, but they were at our table, and so when they announced me, they went crazy. They were clapping and everything, and I accepted the award. It's one thing to win something sort of, you know, in COVID times over Zoom or whatever. It's a completely different thing to actually be there and yeah. someone handing you that award and getting pictures taken and everything. It was quite awesome. I one of the one of the big events of my author journey so far. That is fantastic. And I believe you shared photographs as well, didn't you, on your social? Oh yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to have a look um and and see Glenn's beaming face because it's a 
there's some beautiful photos. <laughs> Go to Glenn's social media or his website and you can have a little look. But and, and I will then, say the, the hotel that they have this thing at is beautiful. It's the Hotel Bellwether um, in Bellingham, uh, Washington. And I took a couple of shots and you would swear they're like artist photography. I mean, the, the clouds are like perfect. It's over a harbor and the, the boats are all there. It, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I was really glad, not just for the opportunity to go to the conference, but to stay there. It was, it was quite the experience. Fantastic. Now, Glenn, don't keep us waiting, my darling. Sure. The blurb from book one. Well, the everyone will be happy to know that my blurbs are not too long. So I, I won't go on They're forever. Very good. They're very um, good. Uh, so this is from uh, this is from Child of Chaos. Um, nothing can break the strong. Excuse me. Nothing can break the stranglehold the gods of order have on the world, except a roll of the dice. An irresistible longing drags on Galen to an ancient vault where, long ago, the gods of order locked chaos away. Chaos promises power to the one destined to liberate it, but Galen's dreams warn of dark consequences. He isn't the only one racing to the vault, however. Horus, the bully who lives to torment Galen, is determined to unleash chaos, and he might know how to do it. Galen's imagination always got him into trouble, but now it may be the only thing that can prevent Horus from unraveling the world. And that's the child of chaos. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Right, now book two is Game so, of War. So that's book zero, actually. Um, it comes before Child of Chaos. But yes, it's the second book I wrote. I, I wrote. And can I just say, it got first place um, in the Dante Rossetti Award for YA Fantasy. It was also a finalist on the Osmo Book Award for Fantasy Fiction. Um, and it's the prequel to the reader's favorite um, medalist for YA Epic Fantasy. Yeah, and I also got a couple of honorable mentions, but I, again, we don't need to go into those. Okay, um, so uh, game of four. Never meet your heroes, especially if they're dead. I love that line. <laughs> I do too. I, I'm oh, like, years before the child of chaos makes their fateful choice, young Dantes faces faces his own reckoning. Dantes wants to follow in the footsteps. So, excuse me. This is where I would cut and uh, insert, get rid of that line. I know. Um, like, this is the, this is the <laughs> thing I don't have when you do it live, unfortunately. And uh, right. I don't even have a bleeper. <laughs> Dantes wants to follow in the footsteps of his dead grandfather, a legendary priest of war, but his father forbids it. In fact, his father's hatred of war lands him in a cell within the god's temple. The only way to free him is from the inside, so Dantes must choose. Let his father die or defy his upbringing, become a priest, and win his father's freedom in the, de in the temple's deadly game of war. Torn between the legacies of his father and grandfather, Dantes finds that both paths hide secrets that threaten to destroy everything he cares about, including his sanity. Dantes must decide who he wants to be, but if he's wrong, everyone will pay the price. Love it. Now, that is this is the one that I'm listening to right now on your... Oh, own. you're listening to Game of War. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's... That's the one that people should start with if they if they have a chance. It's fantastic. And before we get to the blurb and book three, I am absolutely blown away by the, everything, Glenn. I really, really am. The, the the description is so well done, especially when he's doing his test to see whether he's got, you know, whether he's got the calling. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, as you're as you're reading it to me. I can picture the contraption and the thing swinging around him as he's trying to get to this this 
box to see if he's got it, you know, got the got the, the gift, if you like. Um, it, it's just absolutely amazing. Your your attention to detail is so well done, but it, it isn't overpowering. And I and as an author, I know it's a very fine line between too much description, not enough, and just right. And yours is just right. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. And your your the way you read your characters, it's brilliant. Because I, I haven't got lost once. I mean, you got you literally you you're doing you know conversations between characters, and it's flawless. I mean, I'm literally just listening to it, and I can follow everything that's going on. That is a real feat. I I, I really appreciate that. I have a few things to say about um, uh, what you just mentioned. First of all, I hate writing description. It's I have to force myself to write description. I'm just that kind of author. I really want to get to where stuff is happening. Um, yeah. And so I will end up going back and I will put more description in if I if necessary. I'll definitely go back and put in description for other senses because I don't tend to do that on my first draft. I just I want to get to those big scenes that I saw in my head. Yes. Uh, second, um, I was really worried going into Game of War about writing combat scenes because I'm not you know, a combat writer. I've never done it before. I don't really know any martial arts or anything like that. However, I've seen a bunch of movies. I'm exposed uh, to combat. So I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And the thing that a lot of people have remarked upon, and was actually really important to me, every combat um, scene has to answer a question. This is actually a Brandon Sanderson quote. Um, you can't just have people fighting because that's not interesting. It yeah. has to answer a question for the, from the story's perspective. Um, so, and for me, I never want it to be about who beat up who. That's yeah. not interesting either. What is interesting to me is how someone figured out how to get through this. It's like a puzzle. Uh, and you'll notice as you get further into the book, especially in the game of war, I'm an I'm a, a adventure game puzzle designer. I, I want my characters to figure out how do they subvert the game? How do they get around the rules? How do they, you know, figure out the puzzle to get to the other end? And every combat experience is like that too. I, if it's if it's not, then I just don't think it's interesting to read. Um, but I've had other people say the exact same thing, which I'm really happy about. Which is they will li be listening to the audiobook and just sit back and close their eyes and let it flow over them and feel like it's they're watching a movie in their head. Yeah, which I think is the the best the best compliment. As far as the voices are concerned, I'm always nervous, especially when I have to introduce a new voice. Uh, I, I never know if I'm going to hit it, if I'm going to hit the, the, the right voice with, for the right person. Here's the bar that I've set for myself so that I don't feel bad about it. Like my women voices, I, I hope they're good. You know, I, but, but basically what I'm, what I'm trying for is if exactly what you just said, if there's a conversation and you know who's talking, then I have succeeded. Yes. You know, even if it's not the, the greatest possible voice that an actor could give you for that, I, at least they will, actually two things. Number one, you know who they are. And number two, that they're acting. They understand their lines. Those are the two things I'm shooting for. So I think I've got some duds in my books. Some voices I, you know, are not the best because maybe they're bit characters or something, but I feel pretty good about those two things. Well, I was super impressed, and I and I was going to ask you actually, because as I said before, I've got the worst memory going. Um, do you have to sort of, if if you carry, if there's been a break in a character's appearance, 
do you have to sort of go back and remind yourself of that voice and what it sounds like and just have a little practice before you start recording that character again? Um, so no. Um, and there's a reason for that. Normally I'm doing the recording in a, like a really tight couple of weeks. You know, I'm from start to finish, I'm recording every day. And so I don't tend to forget what a character, um, sounds like. I will say that in a couple of them, they drifted a little bit. Um, one of them almost intentionally. So you haven't listened to Child of Chaos yet. Um, but Horus starts out young and gets older as the story progresses. But the truth is that his voice, this was almost unconscious as I was doing it, is getting more towards his father. And his father is speaking yeah. to him as he's dead, but he's kind of speaking to him anyway in his head. And and he's got a really rough, gravelly voice. And that's slowly where Horus gets to towards the end. So, you know, some of that was intentional because I wanted him to have a more commanding presence at the end because he's definitely the villain. There's That's no spoiler. Um, and, uh, and, and so, but some of that was, you know, I look back on it and I realized how far away I was from the beginning of the book. And I was like, if I, if I went back and did, I probably would be, make them a little bit closer. Um, but, but overall, I think I've got a pretty good handle on the character from beginning to end. There are a couple of characters in my new book that were bit parts in older books and are stronger, um, you know, more, they have more screen time in House of Prophecy. And I decided to change their voice because of it, because I didn't, I, it was a throwaway voice uh, initially, but I didn't want, I wanted something more distinct for when they have multiple lines, when they, we keep coming back to that character. So I apologize to anyone if, you know, uh, you notice that there's a difference between those voices, but I, it's a, it's a choice I felt I had to make. And I think it makes for a better listening experience. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, whether you're writing a book or whether you're doing an audio book recording, you've got to do what's best for the story and what's best for the product that you're making. Right. So I, I applaud you for making that change because, you know, a lot of people might not have done it and then been worse off. So I, I commend you. I commend you. I appreciate now, that. Book, book number three. Right. This is your upcoming release, which I believe is releasing on the 28th yeah yeah it's just around the corner i just got the, the proof for it that's house of prophecy it is your book covers, two your covers are absolutely beautiful they really really look at that that is absolutely gorgeous i appreciate that actually uh, i should take a moment to talk about the cover designers um yes. i use i use mibble art um they're a ukrainian studio they had a rough time obviously since their country was yeah. invaded by russia Wow. Um, at, at, the, at the beginning of the, of the invasion, I was incredibly worried for them. Uh, I basically said, you know, what do you need? Um, let, you know, let's uh, make sure that I know that you guys are all safe. I'm not going to tell you to be working on my stuff if you're not safe. And they just, they didn't go into any detail. I don't think they really want to talk about that part of what's going on. But um, either they were in a safe part of Ukraine. Some of them moved out. I know one person that I was speaking to went to Germany. Um, and so, but they have been continuing to work and I mean, on a lot of projects, I've seen their work everywhere, um, ever since. So I am just basically kind of assuming that they're good and, uh, and moving forward. Um, I, I, I love the fact that they are so open to art direction because I'm yeah. an art director from my gaming time. And so I was very specific about what I wanted to achieve and I worked with them in order to do that. And as you see, 
you know, I have the first book established our brand. Um, yes. And that is absolutely, I, I, I redesigned my first cover in order to do that because I knew I wanted to go further. So you'll see a hand and you'll see something interacting with something interesting that is sort of not monochromatic, but has a very dominant color in it and a lot of magic. And so that's kind of my brand. You know, we have the, the, the badge, the series badge. We have the same font for the um, title. And uh, and if you saw this, I, when I first redesigned the, the first cover, I was like, I want something that is YA fantasy that everyone will look at and know it's YA fantasy. I don't care if it's like everything else that's on the market. That yeah. is my most important thing. Because I got told, don't make this about you as an author. Make it about the market. And so yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to say whatever to myself. And I'm just going to go with after the market. But we ended up in a place that is, I, I think we actually hit the market, but we also hit something that's different from everything that's out there on the shelves. Because if you see my books on a shelf, they stand out. They oh. are not like everything else. But nobody has said that they're not good. Nobody said that they don't belong in the genre. So I think I kind of lucked out. I'm, I'm at that sweet spot that is definitely distinct and is attractive and people in my market like it so yeah. yeah i'm really happy with my designers with nibble art and um, I, I encourage people to to go i think actually i i've recommended them so many times i don't know if if this still works but um i think if you mention my name you get 15 percent off your your book um i've got so many of those recommendations that i can't possibly use them all on all my 15 percent off some i mean i'd have to like write five more series um in order to use them all but I encourage people to give to give them their business because they are awesome. That's fantastic. Well, maybe when you get chance, Glenn, no rush. But if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could put their details or link in the comments under under your interview. It's, it's mibbleart, M-I-B-L-Art.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's truly amazing. Honestly, absolutely amazing that you, you've achieved so much in, in such a short space of time. Um, and the fact that you've, taught yourself how to do everything. I, I'm I'm like you. I'm very much that type of person. If I want to something done, I'll try and learn it myself. Because then, you know, you're, you're in control. You're not paying out a fortune to somebody well, else. And also the ROI is much better. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, you know, it's hard enough as it is, isn't it? Being, a, being an indie author is so hard because you're not only competing against other indie authors, but you're also competing against the traditionally published authors who have got yeah. the weight of a publisher behind them and all the money and, and privileges that come with that. Um, so I, I, I want to I, I say one thing about that. Um, what I have found is that in the last year, especially, I mean, I've been doing this now effectively for three years and trying to get my name out there and my books out there. What I have found that is that the fantasy uh, indie author community is actually really supportive. Um, I, I have found so many people, you know, really people who are making it, I mean, who are known, you know, I have no idea how much money they're actually making, but they are, they're doing really well. They've, they've won awards. They have, you know, incredible series with, you know, wonderful covers, great following. Their books are outstanding. And they are just as willing as anybody to sort of lend a hand. Yeah. When I went looking for shares for my newsletter to announce my um, uh, my upcoming release of House of Prophecy on Sunday, um, for the first time I didn't go out to one of those Facebook groups and say, hey, anybody want to do a share and just take a bunch of random people. 
I went and spoke to all of these authors and realized that how many I knew and almost all of them were willing to say, yeah, absolutely. I don't have anything to share right now. I'll just save it for some other time, but I will go ahead and, and share your, your book. And yeah. I was so gratified. I realized how, how far I'd come just because I'd been more communi in communication with these people than I ever had. And it's really gratifying. Um, so, so I don't feel like I'm really in competition with any of them. Um, I think that we all understand that it's up to everybody to sort of lift each other up um, because in that way, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats and we want to rise the tide. Absolutely. And you, you're so right, Glenn. It really does make a massive difference. And I, and I found the same thing as you. The, the more you interact with other authors, um, the bigger the support network grows and it's absolutely phenomenal it's 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 been absolutely wonderful and for anybody who is starting as a new author i would definitely recommend joining some really good book groups um because i think i think as a new author and you probably felt the same way as i did when you first started you know some things you think oh gosh should i ask this i'm going to look really stupid um but in actual fact there's no silly question there is no, there, there are literally no silly questions when it comes to the book industry. Um, because if you're thinking it, you can guarantee so many others are thinking the same thing and worrying about the same thing. So, you know, you, by actually publicly asking in a, a book group, you're actually doing others a favor. <laughs> that's, that's true. And there's a lot of resources out there for people just to discover like you know, 20 books to 50 K that's a wonderful group about yeah. promotion. And there is some about writing, but it's mostly about getting your books out there and noticed. And, uh, and there's just, they have resources. So they tell you, don't just come up and ask because yeah. all of those questions probably have been answered somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> if you do your research, you can find them in smaller groups where it's more personal, more personal. Absolutely. You know, get your name out there, get, get people understanding that you're there and you're looking for information. A lot of people are really happy to help. Yeah. And Reedsy, I don't know, are you a, a Reedsy user? No. Reedsy is a really, really good platform full of loads of information. Um, and they've even got um, a YouTube channel as well, which is very informative. Um, so there's loads of resources out there. Um, and I think it's absolutely amazing that you've just embraced every aspect of the book business, Glenn. Uh, I mean, you, you're you're a, you're a poster child for do it yourself, and I love that. Well, I I, I felt that. like I had no choice. I, I I think we might have we probably have spoken about this before, but I was with a small press for my first book, and I had no idea what to do. Um, I, I tried for an agent, and I I got nothing. Well, I got some people asking for, it, but I never got any offers of representation. And so when I got this offer from a small press, I jumped at it. I thought, oh, here's my chance to be a published author. And that's really all I want. But small presses, you, in hindsight, you really have to be wary about how much you're giving up and what you're actually getting for that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the truth is that you can get almost everything yourself. I mean, the, the, um, the tools that are out there will allow you to, to, create and promote your book as well as a small press because they're pretty much using the same tools that yeah. uh, that you have access to. So really it's just a question of finding it out. And what, what happens is you get to keep all the money and you get to keep all the rights. Like exactly. for me, I, I would love, I mean, 
So I went on to um, a Wheel of Time show, you know, for based on the uh, the book series, and we started talking about the game because you know people like even twenty years after the fact, people love the game. After I did that interview, I got a call from the executive producer from the TV series, and the uh, he wanted to talk about um, bringing the game back. Um, because wow. for the TV series, they wanted to relaunch the game for this audience. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic. I'll be on board, whatever you need from me. Um, and so we did it. And we launched, relaunched the, the game and people loved it. And that was fantastic. But that connection meant I sent them my books. And now my books are on the shelf of an, a, a Hollywood producer who is actually in the process of making a game or making a series based on Pierce Anthony's stuff. Wow. Um, and you know, he's the guy on my cover. So you never know. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not, I don't have a following like all the other licenses that he's working on, but the fact that it's there is one step closer to having someone important paying attention to my work. Cause awesome. I honestly think that my work would make a wonderful, you know, visual medium. You know, I think oh. it would be, I, I think, I think it would work really well. So, you know, fingers crossed. Do you know what? After listening to your audiobook, I, 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 I would agree with that. I mean, visually, it would be fantastic, honestly. And your characters are so well written, for sure. I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I think too many people don't take advantage of great opportunities when they arise. Um, and I, and I, I love the fact that you grasp every opportunity that that shows its face to you um, and you just go for it. it. Honestly, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, we've got a comment from somebody. Hello, Facebook user. <laughs> I think this because Facebook has changed the settings. So unless you say you want your name to be shown, it doesn't. Ah. Um, so there we go. But uh, it says, long time no see. Hello. And thank you for joining us. Um, and Heather says, how do you spell that platform name again, please? The platform Mibble Art, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Um, that's m i b l a r t dot com. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you very much. Lee. For those of you who have re only recently joined us, just so you know, uh, we are live on my Facebook uh, author page. We're also live on the Write Better, Author Smarter Writers Group that I run with Autumn Bardo, um, and you're also live um, on my YouTube. Um, and we will be sharing this fantastic interview with Glenn on I think I've got about nine podcasts now <laughs> it keeps growing um so yeah we've got nine podcasts um so if you just search on Google for the witty writer show it should all show up um and that does include Apple Spotify and all the big major ones as well um so what's the plan now Glenn because obviously well, you've got I still have to read the the uh, blurb for this thing yes oh my god yes. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get easily i think both of us get easily diverted so I've... we do and we enjoy each other's company which is another bonus <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun that's why i keep coming back it's amazing i love it okay so let me read this out um the child of chaos changed the world the house of prophecy could tear it to shreds when Laura fulfilled her prophecy she didn't expect to survive in fact prophecy warns that her continued existence could rip the world apart However, nothing can deter Galen from trying to coax his mother back home from the dreaming, nor stop the harbingers of chaos from trying to transform her into their new goddess. Searching for the keys to decipher the prophecy leads to the mysterious home for wayward children, 
but the manor's dark history and long hidden secrets unlock Laura's immense power and push her to the brink of madness. Galen, Dantes, and their friends aren't even sure which side they should be fighting on. Getting his mother back was everything Galen dreamed of, but keeping her alive could doom them all. The House of Prophecy is the second book in the multiple award-winning YA fantasy series, The Chronicles of Chaos. Its tale of inevitable rebellion, immeasurable magic, and imminent divinity is sure to enthrall fans of Rick Riordan, Brandon Sanderson, and George R. R. Martin. Absolutely fantastic. Oh my gosh, I've got to tell you, the moment I finish the one I'm listening to right now, I will be straight on to the others. I'm enjoying it so much. So, so release day is literally the 28th of this month which is so exciting sunday um, this sunday duh, duh, duh. this this sunday 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 it's so exciting and for you viewers if you share this interview um across any of the social media platforms or all of them um tagging me then you will get entered into winning a full set of Glenn's audiobooks worth nearly $75. That is a massive gift. Um, and I think that's the biggest gift prize we've had on the show. So I'm so excited about this. Now, you have got until the end of September. It's such a big prize. We want to give everybody um, lots of opportunity to win. Um, so as I said, you can share on any platform, whether it be Facebook, um, YouTube, TikTok, wherever you want, as long as you tag me so I can see your entry, and then you will get entered into the draw. Um, the more entries you want, get sharing, get sharing. <laughs> so you can literally share as many times as you want, once a day, if you want, as long as you tag me so I can see it. Um, uh, and and in addition to that, I realize we haven't talked about the bookmarks. Which These are, are absolutely <laughs> Darling, look at those. Yeah. So I, I, I made these with the intention of um, going to some shows. I'm actually going to a couple of signings uh, uh, recent, uh, coming up. I'm going to the Railroad Book Depot in Pittsburgh on the 10th of September. And then Reasonable Books in Lafayette. Um, and I should be there on the 17th of September. And then uh, coming up, I believe I'm going to Half Price Books in November and then potentially to a local Comic-Con in February. So this is what I have. <laughs> it's a little grandiose, but you know what we say about self-promotion? You've got better, to. You've better got do to. it. I'll tell you, the book industry is so tough. You've got to blow your own horn. They are absolutely beautiful. Now, Thank you. viewers, Glenn has very kindly offered to send a, a beautiful bookmark to anyone. Who a signed bookmark. A signed bookmark. If you read and share your review um so all you have to do is literally read one or all of them um and then share your review tagging myself or glenn um so we see it um it can be uh, an amazon review or a goodreads review either would be fantastic both would be better um and then you will get sent a signed signed bookmark and there's absolutely stunning and by the way i also send our bookmarks to anyone who buys from me directly a signed book and uh, you can find the the link at mysterium.blog um my my online bookstore is right there fantastic and again all of your links are actually attached to this interview so if you want to if you want to stalk glenn on social media you can feel free uh, Feel free. Uh, and obviously there is so much information on your on your website as well, which is 
on the on the link as well attached to the the interview so if you want to know more about recording your own audiobook glenn has given you so much information on the website gives you details all about all of your books and as glenn just said you can actually buy a signed copy direct from glenn which is always better i absolutely love it glenn you have been an absolute joy uh, to have on the show. I'm so, so excited for your... It feels like we just started. I know, right? It's so quick. <laughs> your, your, your author career is just taking off and it's a joy to actually watch everything that's happening. Just remember your friends when you're famous. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'll remember I'll remember even when, if I'm not famous. <laughs> oh, I love, it, I love it. You still got to come on the show when you are famous, though. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Glenn, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I would love to talk to you for hours because it's always an absolute pleasure. Um, but for those of you who are watching, please go on to Amazon today and pre-order your audiobooks, hardcovers, or ebooks because Glenn does all three. And if you want a signed copy, please go to his web website, magisterium.com, um, and you can get signed copies of all three. They are absolutely amazing. And whether you want a bookmark, signed bookmark or not, please review. Reviews are our bread and butter as authors. They make all the difference i can't even stress that enough reviews are everything for for us authors um and i know glenn would greatly greatly appreciate it glenn thank you so much darling for coming on today um we've been live on facebook and youtube and as i said we are well we will be <laughs> on about nine different podcasts as well so get sharing everybody if you want to win the audiobooks and we will see you again soon glenn Wonderful. Thank you again so much for having me on. It's always a blast. I wouldn't oh, miss it. You are awesome. And we will see you guys again for another episode of the Witty Writers Show soon. So thank you very much and bye for now, everybody.